This is an ABC podcast. Hello, this is Coronacast, a daily podcast all about the coronavirus. I'm health reporter Tegan Taylor. And I'm physician and journalist Dr Norman Swan. It's Monday the 28th of June 2021. A bit of deja vu here, Tegan. Oh, I mean, I was thinking back to those heady days on the other side of the weekend that we just had, Norman, when it really felt like coronavirus was under control in Australia. And here we are on Monday morning and it's been a massive weekend. There seems to be outbreaks everywhere. So where should we start? Well, yeah, so we wanted to sort of give our audience a recap of where we're at with Australia at the moment. So there sort of seems to be three main outbreaks. Of course, the really big one is around Sydney. Uh, it's the Delta strain of the of coronavirus, but there's also a different Delta, small Delta outbreak in the Northern Territory. And then we've still got this older hotel quarantine sourced uh, outbreak in Brisbane, which is the alpha strain of the virus. But let's start with Sydney because that is definitely the one that's having the biggest impact at the moment. Yeah. So the, uh, they went to lockdown of Greater Sydney over the weekend. You could argue they should have gone earlier. I did a story for the 7 o'clock news on Friday night, which really showed that for a couple of days before that, uh, they, it was clear that the virus had, had spread around Sydney. If you looked at exposure sites and cases, it was far beyond the four LGAs in the eastern suburbs of Sydney that they had locked down. And we had mentioned already on Coronacast last week that this was looking very much like the failed strategy in Victoria last year, when people might remember that prior to the second wave really taking off, they tried to lock down 20, 36 suburbs in the northwest corridor of Melbourne, and that failed miserably because the, the borders they really didn't exist. There were artificial borders between LGAs. And so it was in Sydney where you had virtual neighbours, one under, one under lockdown and the other not. And you just can't do that. You've got to go much broader. There are two things that we just need to remember about outbreaks, and we've got to go right back. We should remind ourselves about exponential growth. If one person spreads it to more than one other person, you effectively move into exponential growth because one person infects maybe 1.2, 1.3, however many others, and this virus potentially uncontrolled can infect six people. And then those six people go off and infect another six. I'm overstating it for this virus because 80% of people don't spread. But if you get into a cluster situation, it just booms. And there's been a few dramatic clusters here. There's a cluster in Great Ocean Foods. There's a a cluster in a hairdresser in Double Bay and so on and so forth. So this proves this cluster spread and everybody in that cluster goes off and spreads it. Not everybody, but people in that cluster go off and spread it elsewhere. Spectacular cluster in a birthday party in southwest Sydney. And so you're seeing that. And each one of these people can go off and to more than themselves. And as soon as you get into that, mathematically, you're into exponential growth. The second thing that needs to be said is that what you're seeing, let's say you watch the figures today after you've listened to Coronacast and you hear them. That's what happened anything up to five days ago in uh, New South Wales, Queensland, Northern Territory or Western Australia, five days ago. We've talked before, Norman, about the the longer you delay starting a lockdown, the more you push it out at the other side. Now that uh, the New South Wales authorities have waited so long to start this lockdown, does this mean that two weeks is going to be enough to get on top of it or are we looking at a much longer period here? Very hard to say because we don't have all the data that uh, the government has. They don't give out all the data at these press conferences for various reasons. One is they don't want to scare us sometimes. Another is that it's not complete and they don't want to give incomplete information. 
but they've got more data and they know they know of more cases when they're standing there before us than they actually tell us about. Is that a transparency problem or are you saying that that's a good thing that, that, that they're being cautious about what they release because they want to be completely certain of things before they release it? I give it a benign interpretation that it's just being cautious. But I'm not so benign in terms of how New South Wales has handled this because they've known now for some days, and we've talked about it on Coronacast, that it's spreading beyond these the eastern suburbs. And they've known that they've got a problem. And they're very competent epidemiologists in New South Wales, just as there are in other states. And those epidemiologists, being competent, would have said, we need to go to lockdown. So this is a political issue as well as a, I mean, just by interpretation, it's hard to prove but it just feels like politics rather than epidemiology at work because the epidemiology would say you've got to get in sooner. And yes, you're right. The mathematical modelling from the University of Sydney that we covered about a year ago on Coronacast showed that for every day you uh, delay going into lockdown, you're looking maybe seven days at the other end, which is one one reason why Victoria went on such a long time. But the other reason that Victoria went on such a long time was just very poor contact tracing with a lot of mystery cases, and they had to let them, them burn themselves out. So it's just really a question of how much virus is out there, how much is missing. But if you wait a week, it could be anything up to five times the number of cases that you might have had at the beginning of the week. So we'll never know, just like we would never have known with the uh, Northern Beaches one, if they'd gone to a short, sharp lockdown Sydney-wide, whether that would have ended up not being six weeks grumbling along. Uh, we'll never know. And then the other end of the spectrum, well, they're not in lockdown, but Perth has ramped up their restrictions because there's been one case there and it's a woman who's actually had her first dose of the AstraZeneca vaccine. And so in the press conference yesterday, they were sounding quite hopeful that that would be limiting the amount of virus that she had on board, probably hopefully limiting her ability to spread the virus um, than she would have if she hadn't had that first shot. The first dose of Astra protects you a little bit, but not a lot. And in fact, with the Delta strain, and it's the same is true of Pfizer, though it's a bit better. So it protects you maybe 30% against all symptoms, and probably a bit more than that with severe disease. You've got to get to two doses. And it's just not clear how much the first dose of Astra protects you against infection itself. But it's not brilliant. Um, neither is Pfizer, by the way, brilliant at the first dose. And the other thing I want to say just about that five days is that there are people being infected today that will pick up in five days' time, which comes to your question about whether two weeks is long enough. So two weeks is roughly two incubation cycles and of the virus. And that, that if there's not a lot out there, that could be enough to see you through, but it may not be. So continuing our Australia-wide tour of where coronavirus is at the moment, let's talk quickly about Queensland. It's, it's the alpha strain of the virus. It uh, was a hotel quarantine seeded. Uh, outbreak that sort of seems to be grumbling along. And it's not the only hotel quarantine leak that we've seen in Queensland in recent days. Yeah. And by contrast, I mean, Queensland's capable of going to a lockdown with one case, but here they've got this tract, they've got it linked. It doesn't seem to be running away from them, from them so they're holding their water on this one. But yes, the this is hotel quarantine. You've also got a spread within a hotel, which didn't seem to leak. And then you've got spread to the Northern Territory, um, where somebody working in the mines was quarantined because of the Victorian rule and seems to have caught the Delta virus from an overseas visitor in hotel quarantine. Again, outrageous. And then moves to Northern Territory and has spread it there. 
And so that's then, uh, I think there's been some, some fear of spread to Darwin as well. And so Darwin has now gone into a 48-hour lockdown, presumably to get on top of the contact tracing, like you were just saying. Yes. Um, the other thing it would be really nice to get on top of is hotel quarantine. And these new facilities that they're talking about near Brisbane Airport at Mickleham in, in Victoria, they're months away. Why can't we just put up one of these camps quickly? We're capable of doing it. Some of the um, members of parliament are saying, isn't the end of the year going to be too late? It may well be too late. We might have very significant spread out of hotel quarantine before that. We should be doing it now. The first sods should be turned, bring in prefabricated accommodation, get it out there. And for everyday people, there's sort of there's so many little outbreaks. So they're small in comparison to what we're seeing overseas, but there's outbreaks all over the country at the moment. And I think it's important for people to think that just because there hasn't been coronavirus in your area recently, to not be complacent about the fact that this is spreading at the moment and to be really vigilant for symptoms. And in fact, the British have just published the symptoms that seem to prevail at the moment with the current variants around, particularly the Delta variant. So this comes from a voluntary um, database that people contribute to, the public contribute to themselves. It's almost like crowdsourcing what the symptoms are. So here are the symptoms. We'll start with fully vaccinated people. What are the symptoms of COVID-19 if you catch it when you are fully vaccinated? And one to four, it's headache, runny nose, sneezing, sore throat. Loss of smell, loss of taste is way down the list. Loss of, uh, 11th on the list is loss of smell. Shortness of breath is 29th in the list. And fever is 12th. Those are the, those are the symptoms we were looking at, sort of really hammering home a, a year ago. That's, they've really dropped a lot. That's right. They've dropped a lot with vaccination. Has the virus changed or is it, like you said the other day, that we're just better at homing in on it? it look, it's hard to say, but it does seem to have changed. So let me just go through the, the one vaccine dose and unvaccinated and you get a sense of how it probably has changed. So if you've had only one vaccine dose, and remember in Britain it's mostly Astra, headache, runny nose, sore throat, sneezing and persistent cough. So that's if you've got only one vaccine dose. If you are unvaccinated, it's headache, sore throat, runny nose, fever. So fever comes into the unvaccinated and persistent cough. But loss of smell still comes in at number nine and shortness of breath, number 30. So these are very typical symptoms of a fairly mild influenza-type illness. So it just emphasises that any one of these symptoms, even in the slightest way, you've got to get tested. So that kind of, oh, it's just a runny nose, it's just, you know, a headache the thing that you might sort of maybe tell yourself that wasn't going to be COVID, so don't bother getting tested, go and get tested. That's right. And remember, you're not, it doesn't mean, when I say one to five, it's not cumulative. It's that headache is the commonest cause of presentation. Runny nose is the next, sneezing is the next, snore throat is the next. Now, some people get all of those, and some people might only get a headache. Some people might only get a bit of a runny nose. So it just emphasises how minor the symptoms are for you to need to go and get a test. So at the national level, how are we going then? These, these little pockets of coronavirus popping up around the place, are we still in with a shot to continue our strategy of elimination of spread? We absolutely are. It's not out of control. It's just how long you're going to have to go to lockdown in New South Wales to actually control it. If they're lucky, they could do it in two weeks. I suspect it's going to take longer, but who knows? Because the contact traces are very good, but they are very good elsewhere. Northern Territory, which is not as well-resourced a state as New South Wales, that could be scary, but let's just see how it evolves over the next 48, 72 hours. 
Um, West Australia, they'll get on top of it because they've started really early. They'll probably see nothing for the next two days and they'll be able to say, oh, why did they bother doing it? But nonetheless, better than what you're facing in Sydney. Mm. Well, that's all we've got time for on Coronacast today. But if you've got a question, send it in to, by going to abc.net.au slash coronacast. And if you are living under lockdown at the moment, my thoughts are with you, including with you, Norman. Oh, thank you. See you tomorrow. See you then. <laughs>